welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money and beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive in Design podcast. Today we have Jenna Wiener. Jenna Wiener is a New York City-based interior design director with a passion for design, products, materials, fashion, and all things New York. While Jenna enjoys designing all types of projects, she has become well-versed in multifamily residential design with a focus on the market rate and luxury markets. Her design philosophy is always to push the envelope and come up with a design that is both bold and unexpected. This applies to all the levels of design she engages in, whether that be her interior design project work, rug collection called Bloom, wall covering collection called the Gold Label Collection, or her newly launched kids fashion brand, Black and Gold New York. Jenna graduated with honors from the New York Institute of Technology with a Bachelor in Architecture, and Columbia University with a Master in Advanced Architectural Design from their GSAPP program. She is a licensed interior designer and a member of IIDA. So Jenna, I'm so excited to have you as a guest today. Welcome to the Thrive and Design Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited. Yes, this is going to be a great conversation. So Jenna, as I was researching you, of course, I (laughs) met you before when I was your rep years ago. I saw that you actually had your formal education in architecture. So tell me what initially inspired your interest to pursue a career in architecture and interior design. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was always really into art, you know, drawing and and graphics and stuff like that. And very early on, but I also was really, really interested in business and like sort of more of a formal work environment. And, you know, one day my parents and I were talking in high school and we were like, you know what, architecture might combine just about the right amount of both. Like, you know, maybe you should think about that. So I actually majored in like studio art before deciding that architecture was really the right thing. And I think I always knew that I wanted to be in interior design versus architecture. But to be honest, all of the classes for architecture were in Manhattan and all the interior design classes were on Long Island. And I was like, I want to be a city girl. So that's kind of what happened. And the more I got into it, the more I realized that the architecture education would just set me up for a lot more of opportunities down the road in anything so yeah I love that and I love that now you've blossomed to integrate the different business aspects into how you're creating your own collection and your own business as well which we'll get into during this episode. yeah of course yeah so of course just a background for those who have listened I met Jenna when I was a New York City rep I think at Coruscant or maybe Art. I can't remember and I was her rep calling on her when she was a director of interior design at Ismail Leva in New York City so over your career in interior design what has been some of the favorite projects you have worked on or maybe even the favorite type of project and why Yeah, I mean, I love multifamily residential. I've sort of settled into that. I think it's a great mix of like the hospitality, 
with designing something that someone's going to come home to every day and like live it. So I think that typology of work really suits me. And to be fair, like, I think I fall in love with almost every project that I ever do in one way or another. I feel like I'm one of those people that like throws their whole heart and soul into what they're doing, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We don't know. So I would say every project that I've worked on, there's something about it that I take away, whether it's we won an award for it, or it was my first project that I did the entire building for on my own, or it was a project that I also got to do model apartments for, or like had a great artwork package that I curated. So each project, there's always something that I take away from. Yeah. And and like clients and just loving working with different clients and things like that. So Yeah, Uh, I can't pick a favorite, but there's definitely something about each one that I've done. But I have a really nice portfolio of about 15 solid multifamily projects that I can confidently say that I love. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so with multifamily, like you said, it's that mix between hospitality because you have those amenity spaces and then a little bit of residential because you're creating that space that people are coming home to every day. I'm curious to know from the design side, like, what does that design process look like when you're working with a multifamily client? Do they have a vision that they're coming to you with? Are you coming up with a vision? Like, walk me through that, because I only know it from the product standpoint when you guys are like, OK, we need this for the corridors or this material here, you know? I'd love to break that down from your perspective. Yeah, of course. I mean, you only see me when I'm frantic asking for samples. <laughs> over but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a really good question because I think usually it happens one of two ways. Either we have a client that comes in with like a very strong vision, market share, dynamic, demographic of people that they're after. And then that sort of evolves where we sort of take what they're giving us and interpret that versus hey, like, what have I seen? And they come to us and they're like, okay, Jenna, like, what do you think we should be designing? What do you think like is really in right now? What do you think that this demographic of person we're aiming for might be interested in? So usually we start in one of two buckets. After that, what I started doing that I think really, really helps the client and every consultant that basically comes on afterwards is I would always come up with like a tagline or a concept and then accompany that with some sort of visual mood board, if you will. So what that concept does is it basically shapes the narrative. So perfect example, like a couple of ones that we did, I did one on the Highline and it sort of brought in the art aspect of the Highline but also the industrialness of the materials. So we sort of went with cultural industrialism. And that was sort of the tagline for our project. And that became a check and balance system as we moved through the design stages and then worked with marketing and branding and everything to make sure that we were sort of all collaborating on that one sort of topic. And I have found that that really helps everyone stay on track. And also during the design phases, somebody else coming in, somebody else coming out, that's a good way to sort of speed somebody up in understanding sort of what we're doing. I've heard from marketing people constantly that it makes their job just infinitely more efficient, having some place to start from like a branding perspective. Also in terms of making sure the vision is sort of captured, I'm very, very big on communication with clients. Regular meetings are really important, going after them if we haven't met in two weeks. So I'm big on open communication 
and collaborating with them in the room. So I think all that sort of helps. Yeah. And one thing that you just said that stood out too was the demographic for the Mm -hmm. buildings. Yeah. So how are you informed really about the demographic or any research that a developer or company might be coming to you ahead of time? to be your client. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just simply like, this is the neighborhood that we're going, you know, where we're building in. We've done some market research and other buildings in the neighborhood. And this is sort of like what we're seeing. Oftentimes they have that information where they know, or maybe I can just offer like, oh, I've been to that neighborhood, I ate in a great restaurant, I hung out there and everyone seems to be 25 years old. So, you know, sometimes they come to us and, you know, we had a project where it was micro apartments, where if you're familiar with those, those are those really tiny apartments that are really geared towards people like in college or coming out of college. Obviously, a family of four is not moving into a micro apartment, you hope. So that type of thing, sort of, you can tell by maybe the demographic by the design that they want, or you come up with a design based on the demographic they want. And oftentimes in the beginning stages, we're working with them also on programming. So if we're after a certain demographic, the program elements in the amenity spaces are often geared towards that. So it's really like a huge puzzle that we put together that works with just everything. So it's really just the first, I would say, eight weeks are really it's like fact finding, programming and really setting yourself up. And I think if you don't do that, you're really sort of setting yourself up to fail later on. Take that eight weeks, take that 10 weeks, really get that solid. It's your foundation. Right. I love that. And so as you're moving through that, you have your solid foundation, you're collaborating with your client. At what point in your process and in your timeline are you starting to specify materials? Oftentimes, I'm always thinking about that. I'm so interested in it. That's always on my mind. Probably the first day I'm already running through exciting things in my head. But usually after that eight to 10 weeks, we really start getting into flora plans and actual space allocation and things that are very physical, I start to look at materials and move boards and stuff at that point. But I would say generally everything is very fluid. Like I I never really think there's like a day that we stop and we're like, hey, we're doing CDs now. It's more like we'll start CDs, but we're still designing, you know, three weeks later. So everything is very fluid. So I'm doing materials probably a lot sooner than anyone would care to have that conversation. But um, again, that's because I'm passionate about it. So Right, right. And I'm sure you're trying to figure out what materials kind of go with that theme and foundation you really set for the project that you're working on as well. Definitely. And I'm super active too in our, like I used to run our library and meet with reps and vendors constantly. So that was an ongoing process for me where I was always up on what was out there. So it was just a matter of me being like, oh, So-and-so came to see me last week. They brought this awesome concrete panel. Oh, now I want to use that here. Okay, like, let's build around that. Mm -hmm. And for you, how do you keep track of it all, right? (laughs) There are so many interior product companies that I'm sure we're scheduling appointments with you back to back, showing you what's new. Like, is there a secret magic code? (laughs) Superhero design skills. Right. (laughs) You know, no, I think part of it is always being passionate, right? Like if you're really into something, I think it sticks. For me, I'm a super social person too. And I really take pride in my relationships and my network. And I love, you know, personally connecting other people and seeing people succeed. So for me, I don't even know if it's so much about 
product at the end of the day as much as maybe people and just kind of just being on social media going to events talking to people and just having that be in my orbit where like things stick I don't think it's something like a test that you can study I really feel like it's something you have to immerse yourself in and really you know just be committed but for me oftentimes it's about people and who I like to work with and really, really important on that topic. And I like to pass this on to everyone that comes and works with me is there's so many people who do the same thing, products that are the same. And I do know a lot of people, but I've always been very, very conscious and fair about if Wolf Gordon gets a project over here, if Coruscant does that, we try to spread the wealth at ILA where, you know, everybody, there's a piece of business out for everyone, want to see everyone succeed. So while I like my network and I have friends, you know, understanding also that that doesn't cloud my ability to be fair about things. Yeah, so. that's important. That's important. And so with building these relationships and immersing yourself in the industry and all the products and product knowledge out there, are there things that stand out to you about certain brands in terms of like maybe sustainability or design trends or innovation? Are there certain things that capture your eye, I would say, that really stick with you? I can honestly say sustainability has not been big for us. Our clients just don't really seem to respond to that for whatever the reason. So that's never, I mean, obviously I care about the environment and everything, but that's never been something from a design perspective that we focused on. I would say that the more design that I do, the thing that becomes really, really important for me is not what a company will do when things are good. It's what a company will do when things go south. So many times on projects, you know, everyone likes to talk about the process and everything's great and you specify it and it comes in, it looks fantastic. Great. Right. Does not happen as often as people would like to think it does. So when you know what hits the fan, I'm very conscious about who is there to like help in that respect and when that gets sort of resolved and helped there's like a mental thing that goes down where you keep record and you're like okay we had a problem with this company but i loved the way that they fixed it and were there for us therefore i'm more likely to use that product again that as i'm you know aging into this industry and realizing the truth of the matter that is very important. And also just seeing when you use something, if it's installed and it looks great and you go back six months later and it's wearing well, that also, you know, sticks with you and you're just like, okay, well, if I specify this, I know I'm getting something that I've already worked with. So for me, it's really just my experience with the product, not necessarily, you know, someone bringing, you know, champagne on a Friday to the office or some flashy social media post. It's really about like what's going to make my life easier at the end of the day, because we all know design is crazy. Gotcha. So if there was a rep who you hadn't worked with or a brand that you hadn't spec'd before, or maybe it's even like a new interior product company, how yeah. would they go about building a relationship with you because you don't right. have that experience with them. So what yeah. would you say would be like best practice to say for them to come after you that way? Well, when I worked at ILA, honestly, anyone that called, everyone that emailed, like I tried to respond to everyone because I know how hard it is to be on that side as a small business owner or whatever. It's very hard to kind of break in to that. So I was never one of those design directors who was like, you know, 
I'm over here. Please don't talk to me. I'm untouchable. I was always very approachable. And I think that's very important because in this design community that we're in, it's very small. You know, you might be trying to sell me wall covering today and tomorrow, like we might be collaborating, you know, on something else. And so everyone in my book gets a fair shot and I would give everyone a chance. You know, you come in the door, you present something we like. Great. If we hit it off. Great. If your product doesn't suit what I'm working on now, it goes in the mental Rolodex and, you know, six months from now, who knows? But uh, to win me over, like I said, is really like consistency and customer service and being responsive to me in response to me giving you a shot. Okay. Awesome. I like that. I like that. Just simple on your side, you're going to be welcome to it on the interior product company side, bring innovative products and also great customer service to build that relationship. All right. So we also touched on all of your many entrepreneurial endeavors, (laughs) right? (laughs) Which I love because I love entrepreneurship and all the things. So you have your collections Bloom, you have the Gold Label collection, and then you also have your new fashion brand, Black and Gold New York. So tell me a little bit about the product side. How did you even get into creating those product lines? Where are you in the process now? Like, tell me all the things. (laughs) Tell you every, all the good. So basically I entered a rug competition. I think like five years ago now, actually, when we think about it, which is even scarier. And I actually won. And that sort of lit a fire inside of me where I was like, huh, okay, this is interesting. And I kind of got excited and designed, you know, a full collection of rugs. And again, I can't stress, especially young designers, how much a network is really important because a friend of mine who's in the design industry, you know, was like, oh, I think this company might really be interested in maybe picking up your line. Let's do a meeting. And in that meeting, they were like, yes, right? And then that process started. And then when the rugs came out, another friend of mine in the industry was like, oh, would you consider doing, you know, wall coverings with us as a collaboration? And I'm like, yes, say yes. Always say yes. Figure it out later, say yes now. And what I realized was, is like, it was just another creative outlet for me to make a contribution. And I loved doing it. And also, you know, one of the things from interior design, which we all love and it's great, but we all know that that takes time, right? You don't design something today and it shows up tomorrow. What I loved about product design, it was sort of more of like an instant design project where you could reap the benefits of that very quickly. And then you kind of get addicted to doing that. So, you know, the wall covering will be launching this fall. It's already on the website and I'm already on to like the next product design, you know, project. Like we'll see what comes with that. The clothes was very interesting. It was a pandemic baby. And I love fashion and everything. And I was like, you know, it was during COVID and hard to be creative during COVID. Everyone is separate. You sort of lost that like design will. And I was like, okay, I want to design, but like, what can I do? You know, and I don't, I didn't know how to sew or anything. And I was like, all right, kids clothes are small. So let's sew kids clothes. But I have an upcycled brand. So luckily I don't sew the whole garment. I sew things to it. So that was a smart baby step. Um, (laughs) And sort of that's how it came out. And the more I dove into it, the more I was talking to people and being like, you know what? Like, this is a great niche because my clothes are actually very edgy for baby clothes. And what it was like, it was like, I looked at my closet and I was like, if I had a kid, I wouldn't put them in rainbows and sunshine. No problem with that. But that's Mm -hmm. not me. 
Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, now I have an opportunity to design clothes that fit my personality, that tie into the rug and the wall coverings. Everything's a little edgy and metallic and a little bit like that. So it's just another creative outlet for me to kind of show my design sense. And we just celebrated my one-year launch anniversary. So congratulations. uh, Thanks. In fact, you know, that was one of the reasons why I left a firm culture because I also wanted to just experience design on my own terms. So now I'm also like in the fall going to be doing more of a design consultancy business as well independently. And that way it frees up more time for all of these really exciting other design projects. Okay, awesome. So those of you who are listening, Jenna is the plug for all things, (laughs) whether it be collaboration for product designs, her kids' clothes, consulting, So what is your consulting going to include? Tell me about those services. Yeah, like I feel like I really want to focus more on knowledge-based design services as opposed to a traditional production-based. So what I feel like I can bring that other people don't bring, like we touched on it before, is like this mental Rolodex of, you know, who to call for what, who's doing what. And especially within that multifamily realm, I've been doing it for so long that I developed this sort of skill set about like how our projects should flow. Like what are the things we need to be, you know, doing now so that we don't have that problem later. I mean, I've been involved in projects from the first meeting until, you know, CA finished. So what I really want to focus on for the design consultancy is helping developers really through that process with like the knowledge that I have acquired as opposed to sitting and producing drawings. I think that's something that I think will work with that business sort of acumen that we talked about and sort of liking that where like the creative side of me is really more free to do the product design and the clothes. And then obviously I would love to take on small design projects here and there, you know, exercise those muscles um, because I do think that that will be fun. And the best part about this is, is like, we just try things and Mm -hmm. we see what works. I mean, I never designed clothes before. I had never, you know, tried to sell to a store before. And like you figure it out and you fall on your face and then like you you go back. So that's my plan. And we'll see how that evolves. But, you know, it's 2022. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure it will be amazing. Jenna, it's been great talking with you. Great understanding your process, especially from a multifamily perspective and how you go about specifying. And also hearing an update on what you're up to entrepreneurially. It's awesome. So if anybody would like to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to connect with you online? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram. So I have my personal Instagram, which is like what I do all the design, you know, the interior design work through. And you can see a lot of my product stuff that I post. So that's underscore G-E-N-N-A-W-E-I-N-E-R. And then if you want to check out the cute clothes, you can order through DM and that's at, and then it's black and gold, New York, all spelled out. And of course, I'm always on LinkedIn, you know, keeping connected to what's happening there. You can always reach out to me there. Yeah, I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jenna. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that we got to reconnect again. Yes, for sure. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design 
And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week. Thank you.